Our God is so great, isn't he? He is so great. You know, many, many people claim that today, the 31st of October, is a dark day. It belongs to Satan. But we're here to set the record straight. And as the psalmist said, as the psalmist said in Psalm 118, verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And that's why we're here today. And we know that at a time when the world is at its darkest, we know that we shine brighter, that there's a greater contrast. And so I want to encourage you today to keep letting the light shine. Jesus is king. And the light will always overpower the darkness. Well, just to give you a little introduction to uh, who I am, if you've not um, come across me before, my name is Daniel, and uh, I am the lead pastor with my wife, Laura, at City Life, and um, we've been married for 17 years, yeah, and we have two beautiful children, Talia, who is 13, and Sophie, who is 8, both girls. Uh, we also have another child on the way. So Laura is expecting in February. And can you believe it? It's another girl. <laughs> so I am well and truly outnumbered. I gave up a while ago voting uh, when we would have our family movie night. Anyone else have family movie night? It's great fun. So we'd have a vote, what movie? And I just knew that every week I would always get outvoted. It was normally Disney, something about princesses or puppies. So now I'm going to be even more um, outvoted uh, by the girls. But I'm a blessed man. Is there any other fathers here that are outnumbered by daughters? Great, so you know the burden that we have to carry. No, we're blessed, really. We're really, really blessed. Well, it's a, a real honor and privilege to be here um, at Waypoint. I love your name, by the way, because you are here to point the way to Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And we can take great encouragement by that. As well as being a pastor, I'm also a postman. I am part of the Royal Delivery Postal Service of Heaven. And I want to say to you that if you are a Christian, you are too. And in John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You can hear God's voice. God speaks to us. He speaks to us through the word. He speaks to us through the Bible. He speaks to us through the still small voice. He speaks to us through creation. He speaks to us through gatherings like this. God is always speaking. My mum, uh, before she was my mum, before my mum became a Christian, uh, before she got married, 
she found herself in a really dark place in her life where she actually wanted to take her own life. She had planned her own suicide. She wrote a note uh, for the police to find, and she went and put it on the front door of her flat when she was living in Southsea. And she walked back into that flat to take a load of pills to take her life because she'd hit rock bottom, and she thought there was no other way out. And as she started walking back towards those pills, can you believe it? Her budgie started going absolutely berserk in the cage, flapping around, its wings squawking, feathers are going everywhere, its heart's beating. And suddenly my mum thought in that moment, if I die, who's going to look after the budgie? How many of you know God works in mysterious ways? He does work in mysterious ways, and for those of you who know your Old Testament know that God can even speak through a donkey. So here I am today to speak to you, to encourage you. And I just was really praying and saying, Lord, I've been praying for Waypoint, praying for you guys this week, saying, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to communicate? What's on your heart for Waypoint? And I really felt like the Lord put three key things on my heart for you today. The first thing was Romans 8:28. The apostle Paul, he had been through some hardships, some difficulties, challenges, struggles. But he says this in Romans 8:28, he says that 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 God is working all things together for your good. Now he didn't say some things or most things even. No, he, he says all things. And I want to encourage you today because I believe that there are some of you that are here today and, and watching online that are sensing that, oh, well, you know, this stuff's happening and this is bad and this you know, can't, be, can't be in any way to my benefit. But I want to encourage you to say today to remind you of God's anointed word that he is working all things together for your good. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, God's working all things together for your good. You know, something powerful happens when we, when we speak the word of God. And I like to do this. I like to encourage people to talk in services because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we can hear it. When we hear it externally, it's amazing. It causes our faith to rise. But when you begin to declare things, when you begin to say things, it causes your faith to rise on higher heights. So God is working all things together for your good. And let me say this. Even the bits you don't understand. Anyone else had some questions during this season? Like, why, why did this happen? Why did that happen? How can you be in this, God? That's why we're encouraged in, in, in the book of Proverbs. We're, we're told in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Sometimes we won't 
get it all. Sometimes we, we, it won't always make sense. That's why when we come to the Lord, we must embrace him. Yes, he's the God of miracles, but he's also the God of mystery as well. And so when we embrace him, we embrace the miraculous, but we also embrace the mystery. I remember going to an Alpha course and uh, the person who was giving the talk, they put a picture up on the screen of an earthworm. And the quote was, uh, show me an earthworm who understands a man and I'll show you a man who understands God. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I'm not in any way saying that everything that happens to us is from God, but God can even use the negative, the bad things, he can turn it around for something good. He can use those things. My mum had a very dark uh, past. As a child, things happened to her that should not happen to any person. But you know what? My mother is a trophy of grace, and she's now using her story to shine light into other people's lives. The Lord gives us the best exchange rate. If you've ever been on holiday, you'll know that you, know, you need to get some money, some, some foreign currency, and so you'll go to uh, your money exchange, and you're looking for the best exchange rate. God gives the best exchange rate. He gives us his beauty in exchange for our ashes. And for some of you in this season, you've been through some stuff. There's been some mucky stuff. And I want to say to you that God can use the muck and he can use it as fertilizer to grow beautiful dreams. God's working all things together for your good. And yes, we live in a fallen world. Yes, people make mistakes to which we can all put our hand up and say, yeah, I've made a mistake in my life. In fact, I make mistakes every single day. Thank God for his grace. We do live in a fallen world. And we're, you know, there's a good God, but there is a bad devil. And we've got to be aware of that. We are in a spiritual battle. But we know that our Savior is victorious, that he is the champion. And he's working all things together for our good. The second thing I felt like the Lord said to me for you guys is that we are in a significant season of preparation. We're in a significant season of preparation. As I said to you earlier, my wife is expecting our third child, so we've been getting ready. It's not just a case of, oh, Another child's on the way, let's just sit back and be passive. No, like if you believe that, then you, there's some corresponding action. If I was to say to you, the building's on fire, we've got to get out. And you would say, yeah, amen, pastor, you know, praise the Lord, hallelujah, let's give that hand clap. How many of you know the real evidence that you believe what I've just said is you would be running out of the building right now? Like, faith without works is dead. There has to be some corresponding action. We're in a season of preparation, so we've been buying lots of cute new clothes, baby grows, bottles, and we've been getting ready. And God's saying to us, it's time to start getting ready. Prepare yourself for what is to come. We have a three-bedroom house in Portsmouth, 
and both my daughters have their own room. And of course, now we need a nursery. So we had to have that conversation with our youngest and say, Sophie, do you mind like giving up your room? And someone said to me, you know, was your daughter happy about that? I was like, what do you think? Of course she wasn't happy. She's losing her room. And how do you think my 13-year-old feels about having an eight-year-old sister in her room? But here's the thing. She was willing to make the sacrifice because she wants our family to grow. And I think there's something about that in for us as the body of Christ, that we've got to be willing to make some sacrifices in order for the family to grow. We've been uh, going through Sophie's room and cleaning and clearing some stuff out. We've been throwing some things away. And I think that in this season, we need to be willing to let some things go. I think that this is something because unless you're willing to to let go of some things, you're not going to be able to create the room for the new that God wants to bring into your life. In the famous words of the Disney theologian, let it go. And that's, you know, there are those things. There's some things that we, we found that were like really cute and stuff like that. But hey, do we need it anymore? No, do you know what? We should really clear this out. And so some of the things we've actually been giving away, and I believe that actually there's a lot of seed that needs to be sown. There's harvests to be reaped of seeds that you're currently sat on. And so the word of the Lord to you today is, get that seed in the ground, give it away, sow it, bless other people. So some of the stuff we've given away, some of the stuff we have thrown away because it wasn't fit for purpose, but what we're doing is we're starting to clear out the old to create room for the new. And we've been buying some of the new stuff. We were um, up in the attic as well recently. Anyone else cleared out their attic during this season or maybe your basement or your garage or shed? A lot of people have been clearing out during this season. And so we were clearing some stuff out, and and again, we realized there was some stuff that we needed to part ways with, but we also found some stuff like, oh, wow, like I forgot I had that. That's going to come in really handy in this new season that we're heading towards. In the book of Genesis 26, we come across Isaac, and he comes across these these wells that his father Abraham had dug out. Now, in the Bible, wells represent place, gathering places for community. It represents a place of refreshing. It represents a place of provision. And so Isaac comes along with his men, and they see these wells that his father Abraham had dug out. But the sad thing was that the wells had been blocked up. And sometimes in our lives, there are things that God has blessed us with, but that we need to unblock. And so it says that Isaac and his men, they unblocked the wells that his father Abraham had dug out. Now, the enemy wants to stop the blessing flowing in our lives. The Bible tells us we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We are blessed abundantly. But sometimes the enemy comes along and he puts rubble down our well and he tries to block up and stop what God has for us. I want to ask you the question today. 
what might be blocking your well? What are those things that the Lord might be speaking to you about, saying, come on, that needs to be dealt with. That needs to be unblocked. And Isaac didn't just sit there passively. He had to to do something. We need to be Christians that put our faith into action, that we actually, that we're practitioners. And Isaac didn't sit back, but him and his men, they began to dig out the wells of blessing. But then he moves on, in Genesis 26, 19, and we see he finds himself in a low place, a valley. Valleys represent times of adversity, struggles, difficulties. Has anyone been in a low place during these 18 months? Well, I want to admit to you, I've been through some low places. I know my wife Laura's been at some low places. There's been times where I've contemplated giving up. Then, God, am I meant to be doing this? What's going on? Have I got what it takes to get through? Let's be real, people. There have been some question marks. But you know what it says? That in that low place, Isaac dug out another well. And I want to encourage you, if you're in a low place right now, or whether you're just coming through a low place, I want you to know that there is refreshing and there is provision even in the low places. And then they moved on and they dug some more new wells. So, so here you're seeing that there's there was wells from the past that sometimes God wants to bring into your present that you might have a brighter future, the inheritance from Abraham that you have to contend for, that you have to unblock. But then there was a moving on into the new, taking action, following the instructions of the Lord, digging it out. There was provisions in those low places. They went on, they dug some more new wells. But it says about the next ones that there was contention. The the local shepherds challenged Isaac and his men, said, that's not your well. And so that well they they called uh, argument. And then there was another one that they dug out. And and that one, uh, again, there was this dispute over and they called it hostility. But I love Isaac that he didn't stay there just arguing, but he just released it. He let it go. He sowed it as a seed, and I think for some of you that maybe that there is some hostility, maybe there's some arguments, maybe some, some challenges that are going on, and the Lord's word is, just let it go. We don't own anything anyway. We're just stewards. We should hold everything open-handed. And when we get those opportunities to release, we sow those seeds that we might see more increase for his glory. Then he moves on again, and they dig another well, and that's called Rehoboth, which means open space. So the Lord wants you to grow. He wants you to experience the open space. He has more new wells for you to tap into. And I want to pray right now and declare over this church, over Waypoint, that God will unblock every single well of blessing 
that God will bring his increase, that those living waters of the Holy Spirit would bubble up and would overflow and not only bring refreshing to you, but also to everyone in this area and this region and watching online for God's glory. God's working all things together for our good. We're in a significant season of preparation. And here's the third thing I want to say to you. God's saying it's time to get in divine alignment. It's time to get in divine alignment. If you've ever put your, book, your back out, you'll know the importance of things being in alignment. If you've ever had to visit the, the chiropractor, you'll know that they're there and they're to, to manipulate your back, to get it back in alignment so that you're, you have a, a better walk, so that there's less pain, that you're able to function and move forward. Being in alignment is really, really important. It says in the scriptures about Jesus that he was aligned with the, the, the vision of the Father. He was sent from the Father to the earth to die on a cross that we might experience forgiveness, that we might have freedom, that we might enjoy relationship with him. And let me say this, it's not just about pie in the sky when you die. That's not the sole reason why Jesus died. He came, yes, that we can have eternal security, but also that we can be on a mission that we can bring heaven to earth, that we can represent the king and the kingdom so he has called us to be in divine alignment. For any of you that, that drive a car or have a motorbike, you'll know the importance of making sure that your wheels are in alignment. And you know if your wheels are not in alignment, the ride's going to be more bumpy fuel economy is going to go down, there's more of a likelihood that you're going to have an accident or something's going to need repairing. But on the other hand, when things are in alignment, when they line up, as Jesus aligned with the, the will and the plan and the purpose of the Father, when we get in alignment, if we, your, your tires are in alignment on your car, it's going to be a much more joyful ride. It's going to be way more uh, pleasurable. Now, it's not to say there won't be bumps in the road, there's not going to be bends in the road, because there will be. That's life. But your car is going to work much better. You're going to have much better fuel economy. Things are going to function and flow um, as they should. I want you to think about for a moment an airline pilot. We've actually got an airline pilot in our church at City Life. What a cool job, eh? I mean, that's a great day at the office looking out, having stunning views. But you know, for an airline pilot, they set their course. Our life is like a journey, and, and God has set our course, but we're to align with that. Sometimes we're out of alignment with that, but God wants us to be in alignment with the plan and purpose that He has for our lives. Now, when we set that course, if we decide just to make, not, not a big change, but a tiny change, I'm talking maybe like a, a one-degree alteration. At the beginning, you think, that's not really much. 
But as you begin to set out, and as you start to move forward, suddenly you start to see this difference emerge. You see, you might hear one thing in a message, you might read one thing in a book, you might hear one thing in a podcast, and that one tiny thing can make such a big difference in your life. That airline pilot, by making that one alteration, it can mean that you end up landing in a completely different city, or region, or country, or dare I even say, a completely different continent simply by making that small change. And I believe that God, the word of the Lord, would be speaking to many of you today about little tiny tweaks. I'm not talking about massive changes. I'm talking about small changes that are inspired of the Holy Spirit that he's saying, if you make that little change, at the moment it doesn't seem like it's going to make much of a difference, but as you stick with it, you're going to find that it's going to make a significant difference. When we think about Jesus and his call to go to the cross, we enter the scene of the Garden of Gethsemane. You know what Gethsemane means? It means olive press. Where there's a blessing, there's a pressing. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it hurts. And Jesus enters the Garden of Gethsemane and he tells his disciples, pray that you enter not into temptation because he knew what was coming. And then it says that he, he went about a stone's throw and, and, and he knelt down and he prayed to his father because he knew this, this task that the father was asked, it, it, was, it was not an easy one, it was a tough one. And he said, Father, if, if there's another way, he knew that the cross was coming. He knew that, uh, you know, the, the, the beatings, the persecution, the pain that was coming. Father, if there's another way. And then next, I think he included what I think is one of the most powerful prayers in the Bible. He said, but not my will but yours be done. What was he doing? He was aligning. He was aligning with the will of the Father. And I pray that you will pray that prayer today as well, that, that even though it might be a tough challenge, I know that you've been going through this series about Nehemiah, rebuilding. God is rebuilding in his church and when Nehemiah found out about the walls of Jerusalem and the brokenness, which, which is very relevant to the world that we see today, and this brokenness, these ruins that we see, and he wept. It's amazing, isn't it, how that his misery became his ministry. And I want to say to some of you here today that maybe some errors that are making you really sad or really, really angry with a righteous anger, I want to encourage you to say, well, perhaps... Maybe your ministry is linked with some of that misery. God's working all things together for your good. This is a significant season 
of preparation. And God is calling us to align with his plan and his purpose. Shall we bow our heads and pray? Father God, we thank you. You're so loving. You're so gracious. You're so merciful. Thank you that in your sovereignty, in your, your genius, Lord, that you're working all things together for our good. And I pray that, God, that you would give each and every one of us just your wisdom, your insight, Lord. And, Lord, and when we can't see, when, when we don't recognize what that good is, help us just to trust. Help us not to lean on our own understanding, but to acknowledge you. And to know that you're going to direct our paths. You're going to show us the way forward. Lord, thank you that we are in a significant season of preparation. And that's something we should be excited about. Because the best is always yet to come with you, Jesus. But Lord, we pray that whatever we might need to do practically to prepare for what is to come. Whatever those things are that maybe we need to let go of. Maybe that we need to sow seed and that we need to disregard. And Lord, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're, we're dishonoring the past. It doesn't mean we're devaluing the past. But Lord, we're simply living our lives open-handed, saying, Lord, we're just stewards. Lord, we're, we're on a journey. We're, we're traveling through. We're pilgrims. And Father, Lord, we also pray in this preparation that we will not miss anything that you're teaching us with your heavenly curriculum. May we lean into and learn every lesson that, Lord, you have for us to learn. And finally, Lord, we pray that we will be brought into divine alignment. And I want to speak and declare right now over Waypoint Church. I speak and declare over Waypoint that Waypoint be brought into complete divine alignment with the plan and the purposes and the will and the way of God. And I pray that, Lord, for every person listening to the sound of my voice, both here in person and online. Lord God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray not my will be done. But may your will be done, Father. We pray this courageously. We pray this with yielding hearts. In the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope you're encouraged uh, by today's message.